I can't imagine what it's like to hand the keys to someone that you just helped realize their dream of either their first home or their dream home. How awesome does that feel? Or as Hal does many times a year, many times a month, many times a week, hand a check for the sale of a house so that that family can go realize their next dream. The work you do is so important to people in this community. So I'm happy to be with you guys, and I just want to say thank you for all you do. Dang, JT, that was deep. Well, I'm pretty deep sometimes. Drop <laughs> drop the mic. <laughs> See, it's not just the buyers and sellers that get emotional in a real estate transaction. In this episode of the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with Hal Swayze, the team tackles the issue of what it takes to compete against an all-cash offer, which makes up over 50% of the offers made over the past few months. Inventory is low and replacement properties are at a premium. People who are borrowing can find a competitive edge. Find out how in this episode of the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with Hal Swayze. Here's your host, James Bueno. Well, hello, everybody. We are in San Luis Obispo, California, doing a podcast with one Mr. Hal Swayze. How are you, sir? I love San Luis Obispo. San, we, we all love San Luis Obispo. Uh, Mr. JT, how are you? Favorite place on earth. Of course. And then Mr. Pete, how are you, sir? I've been around, and this place is pretty... pretty We've heard you've been around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty yeah, epic. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a different topic was, for, for another type, another type Thanks, of James. podcast. We'll have to James. rate our, our podcasts in. Uh, yeah. Our, yeah. You know. uh, careful. How, mature or immature <laughs> audiences? <laughs> immature. Yeah, both mature and immature. Hey, we're, yeah. We are here to have fun. Yeah. We're here to have fun. But we got a passionate topic we're going to talk about. So we got to get rolling right now, Hal. So what do we got going on? Um, yeah, I mean, as the market uh, picks up steam and demand, so it's competitive out there, and, and we see some buyers getting discouraged. So it's, you know, we, we what, what is the, we wanted to give some label to this, you know, how to compete with cash offers, whatever, but it's how to give yourself the best chance, right, when, when you're buying a house. And um, John, I think you have some great examples how um, not necessarily being a cash offer or what, what happened and how people pick offers sometimes because it's not just all about the numbers and the dollar signs. Well, you know, we've talked about this in the past that, yeah, the price is important, but, but terms are also important. How many contingencies are there? How long is it going to take to close? And then um, how uh, some buyers can communicate with sellers how passionate they are about wanting that property. Listeners that don't know, let's talk about terms. Other than price, what other factors are there in, in the buying process, how so? What what's important, Jay? You want to jump on this? Like, what do people need to know? So, what what are things that you know that are looked at when you're trying to buy a house or when you're competing for a house? Here's what we see in today's environment: a good borrower can sit with a lender, give them all their information, and when they're done, that lender can pretty much say if they're good and they're known, and we have a lot of them around here. That yeah, you can buy a house up to let's say eight hundred thousand dollars, which I know sounds like a lot, but for a first-time buyer, maybe not. Basically, they can say yeah, you can go buy whatever you want. You're going to get that loan for eight hundred thousand. So now, when you write an offer, you don't have to put that contingency in there. You are basically pre-approved, so you're the equivalent of cash. Okay. Now, do most sellers like cash? Sounds simpler. Yeah, for a lot of people, they do, but they might go okay. Well, this one's five thousand dollars higher. They've already they don't even have a loan or an appraisal contingency. In effect, it's like a cash offer. So so that's just one way in terms of price. We were talking about this earlier. I mean, do people pay for convenience? Like why does Amazon work? 
right? Yeah, convenience. It's fast and easy, right? Yeah. So real estate transactions can oftentimes not be fast and not be easy. Well, as a seller, James, it, when, when I receive an offer communicated to me by my agent, the one thing I want to find out from my agent is, is where's the risk? And what I mean by that is when I accept an offer, I want to be darn sure this sucker's going to close. Right. Right. I do not want this thing to go upside down three weeks from now. Mm -hmm. And then I have to start over. If I have a, a offer that's less risky, I might be willing to take a few bucks less for it. Jay, what are some risky details? What can happen to a deal? Besides, besides fine, I'm good. I'm set. I, I have, I'm approved for 800000 What else? What else do I need to know? Timing. You know, I think that's probably one of the biggest concerns for a lot of sellers. You know, they've got, what am I going to move into? You know, if I could, or I've got a house I'm purchasing, but it's going to take me three weeks to move. You know, maybe an allowance of, okay, after the close of escrow, they get the rent back for three weeks. So they have that time to move. Maybe that's more attractive um, than $5,000 over asking price. We've seen a lot of individuals win the purchase for that, like having a conversation with the listing agent. What's the motivation of the seller? You know, they need to they need to store their stuff in the garage because they're moving to Arizona and they've got an RV that they need to leave there or they need some. Well, great. Listen, let's factor that in, that they can have the garage for storage for a month while they make the move. Those types of things can have a lot of sway in a seller accepting an offer. Because it's less stress. Less stress, yeah. Because moving stressful. Yeah. Yeah. Or really the, good point, Jay. Yeah. Or it's an exchange. They're involved in a 1031 exchange and they've got timelines for identifying property. And maybe they want a little extra time to close. Like, okay, we can actually get you into the property if you want, but we, we want a 40, 60 day window to find suitable replacement property. You know, so I, timing, I think, is probably number one to price is timing and the lack of, you know, reducing the, the dwell for stress. And stress can be things like contingency. Like So when we say contingency, that means, listen, here's my offer, but I'm going to reserve the right to rescind that if these things don't work out for me. If you remove what we call a contingency, then there's less uncertainty for an offer for a deal actually coming to fruition. So those contingencies can sometimes create a little bit of fear and anxiety. So if those aren't there, like the loan contingency, because the buyer is already pre-approved, that might be a big one. And then of course the timing, those are the things we see most frequently. Now, do all loans have appraisal contingencies? Like do you, do you have to get an appraisal if you're getting a loan? No, sometimes there's, you know, yeah, the, the lender goes, no, based on the down payment, they'll call it a mm -hmm. desktop under, or um, uh, a drive-by appraisal. Just drive-by. Yeah. They don't yeah. need to. Yeah. yeah. But, but again, well, the seller might need more time to like, they don't want to close in 10 days. They, they can close in 10 days, but then they want they, they need to stay there for an extra month. And the buyer on a cash deal saying, no, I want in the property, or I want tenants in the property, or no, you, you've got to get out. Like that, that wouldn't be attractive to somebody that really is having a hard time. Maybe they've been in the house for 35 years, and there is stuff everywhere. And they've got, they, need an ex, they need more time to get out than that. So that brings up a word that, that Hal, you and I have talked about for the last seven years that's so important in a real estate deal, and that's compromise. And I think... To, there's so many areas in which an offer can make a difference for sure. I will say one of the ways to give yourself a competitive advantage is make sure if you're a buyer that you're working with an agent who's worked with a fair number of buyers. And they're going to be successful if, if they've got a good track record in terms of that communication they have through the other agent. They're asking a lot of good sure. questions. I would say in my experience, most sellers could care less that they close in 10 days because they think everybody thinks close move. 
or there's not a direct connection between closing and moving because most people say, yeah, I want more time. You know, I'll close it in 30 days, but I want two or three more months to move. So it's just knowing you have a solid transaction, like you said, and we're not going to fall out. And a lot of time that's expressed either directly or indirectly or roundaboutly, like how easy is this person going to be to deal with? Yeah. And, and most people aren't used to that. And they don't realize once you have an accepted offer, you're not done discussing the house. You know, there's things that can still come up. <laughs> Jeff is laughing. But yeah, you, you've been down that road where it's just like, oh, we're an escrow. Hooray. Well, hang on. Like the doctor, we have a diagnosis. Now we have to go through some treatment. You've jumped out of the plane. Let's make sure the chute opens. Right, exactly. <laughs> Perfect. A, a few months ago when we had our wonderful buyer's agent, Graham Baldwin, on, he said the, the easiest deals are the ones where his buyer listens to his coaching. Right. And, you know, I've noticed, too, when I get to kind of observe what goes on with some deals around here is the easiest deals are the ones where the two agents are are working together. And and the hardest deals are when, you know, maybe the other agent thinks it's a competition. Like yeah. It's us against them versus it's 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 us and, and them trying to bring – a buyer and a seller together so that they both get what they want. Yeah. Communicate, collaboration. Oh, yeah. Those two things are probably hallmarks in a good, easy transaction. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because, you, you know, what does it take to get a real estate license? You take three classes online and pass a state exam. And guess what? You're practicing contract law in the state of California. Mm. It's crazy yeah. to think about, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but here's the reality. You're not an attorney. Right. Like it, we're not in court. We're not like battling to get each other, um, you know, disbarred or a win for the client. You are representing either an able and willing seller and a, an able or willing buyer. And our job as real estate professionals is to bring that together to a peaceful, easy, collaborative closing so that everybody feels like, you know, to be honest with you, everybody feels like they're winning a little bit and everybody feels like they're giving a little bit. Like that's a, that's a healthy transaction. It's like the garage sale. You know, you bought the wagon for your kids and then you're selling it. You're a little emotionally tied to it. And then you see another little kid walk up and he wants it. And it's like, oh, take it. Take it. Just take <laughs> it. Yeah. So you just go with it, right? So, I mean, there is a personal part to it that's, you know, in this day and age, it gets divided a little bit. And the more divided we are, the less cooperative we are. You know, if we understand we have a common goal. And Jay, I mean, I love what you say. We say this all the time, collaboration, right? Yeah. In my team, we're collaborating internally other agents collaborating. And if people can do that, they're going to be much better off for sure. And if you have respect for the other side and not jump to conclusions, you know, or open to that, I, I see, I'd probably say that's one of the biggest challenges, whether it's at the agent level or the buyer seller level, somebody makes up an impression in their head that somehow somebody is not negotiating in good faith. If you go in with that, it's going to be a tough go. Yeah, right. That, that's the communication part. Communication and trust. Yeah. And it's not easy. I mean, this is a tough time to, you know, people are, are worried. Seek right? first to understand. So you're seeing what you guys do is not a sport. There's not wins and losses between the uh, agents. Yeah. Like I, I, if I'm going out and I'm getting an agent, I don't want that agent to be like, yeah, I'm the, I, I win all, all my transactions. I get the most for my, I, I want somebody who's willing to listen to both sides. There's wins and wins. That's the quote of the podcast right there, JT. Look That's that. literally on the wall of my office. Win-win or no deal. Yeah. There you go. Hey, Love it. When ego gets involved, which is how I take that, yes, Jeff. Yeah. Um, That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Ego means you're putting yourself before your client, and boy, does that show. Really, it's about them, and, and that's where a lot of 
trouble happens in transactions. I can't speak for my clients. I know what their goals are, but when somebody makes a request, my job is to convey it, talk about what it means, and talk about what the options are and what those options will mean. If we go this way, this could happen. If we go this way, this is what else could happen. Part of what we do when we're negotiating, whether it's getting a buyer to accept an offer for a seller, vice versa, or the negotiations that happen during the escrow, I use this all the time because most of my clients do not want to lose the house they're trying to buy, and most sellers don't want to lose the buyer that they're selling the house to in the beginning or the middle of the transaction. We want to keep the fish on the line, but hey, if we can kind of bring the price down a little bit or bring the price up, depending on which side you are, then we're going to be a little bit happier, but we're going to be happy either way, but let's not lose the fish off the line and start going for a new fish. We enter with that and I try to create that tone with the client so that we know, okay, we can live with this, but we like a little bit better. You know, I love the meal, but can we get a little dessert too? So that's that's basically how we put it. And I just let them know, hey, this could mean we lose the fish. And usually everybody's happy. You know, you just said something that reminded me of the three core values we live by in, in your company. And uh, one of them is that we put our clients' interests above our own. And I've never seen Hal or any of the buyer's agents involved in a negotiation where that wasn't true. We put our clients' interests above our own. That's, that's on the wall here, and it's not just words on the wall. It's how we live. If you're a buyer and you're struggling, you know, talk to an agent, talk to a good lender, um, get all the information so you know, and then someone that's experienced will help guide you through that process to give you the best chance of winning. It's like if you're in sports, if you have a good coach, they can tell you, hey, if you make these small changes, they can have a big impact on the other end of what you're trying to accomplish. So a, a good agent and a good lender will help coach and guide you to give you your best chance for success. So, so what you're saying is if I'm a buyer with a loan, I can compete against cash. Absolutely. In many ways that we haven't even addressed here. Yeah. Um, you know, and when referring to a lender, I would grab somebody that's in your market. Um, you know, there's some like depot type home big lot whatever group that's online and they're on the east coast and they'll they'll, they'll tell you they can do stuff uh, because they probably have the intent to but they don't have enough information to get you what you really need go with a local run with a local lender somebody who's here who has local appraisers that they work with so that you have a much well, I'll tell you, you much have a much higher rate of success working with somebody that knows the market here um, than somebody who's outside the area you all know around the table that I spent 38 years in the insurance industry, and one of my great friends from my time there is visiting me now, and we're going to have some fun tonight. And, and I was thinking about how noble of a business that is. To think about, you know, being with a family who just lost their house the night before and putting your arm around them and letting them know it's going to be okay because they have the insurance to rebuild the house. The hardest one I ever had was when my next-door neighbor died tragically in an accident. And as I delivered the life insurance proceeds to his mom and dad, how thankful they were that I was there to help them. And in a weird, kind of strange way, how rewarding that was to me to be there for them. It was noble work. And now that I'm in your industry, the real estate industry, I think about how noble what you guys do every day is. I mean, I, I can't imagine what it's like to hand the keys to someone that you just helped realize their dream of either their first home or their dream home. 
Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, how awesome does that feel? Or as Hal does many times a year, many times a month, many times a week, hand a check for the sale of a house so that that family can go realize their next dream. So I'd just say congratulations to all of you for being in a business that's so noble because the work you do is so important to people in this community. So I'm happy to be with you guys, and I just want to say thank you for all you do. Dang, JT, that was deep. Well, I'm pretty deep sometimes. Drop, <laughs> drop the mic. <laughs> There's nothing I can't. Nobody could podcast. Well, I'm, I'm super happy to be a part of this team, and Hal for giving me the opportunity to be here. So I appreciate you, Hal. Yeah, we, we love having you here, James. All right, well, enough of that moment. Let's go ahead and uh, close up. Thank you, everybody, for listening. As always, we appreciate every single one of you. If you ever have anything at all that you want us to talk about, send it on over. If you want to get a hold of Hal for any reason, they do that how. Um, Call us at 805-781-3750. There it is. All right, everybody, thank you so much. We will talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to the House Swayze Podcast. Be sure to subscribe and rate this podcast. It comes out every Monday, so check for it in your feed for the latest information on the San Luis Obispo County market. The Slow County Real Estate with House Swayze podcast is available wherever you get your podcast and on HouseSwayze.com where you can find current listings and other real estate tips. HouseSwayze.com, that's H-A-L-S-W-E-A-S-E-Y.com. I am James Bueno, Director of Marketing for the House Swayze Group. If you're looking for anything real estate, give us a call, 805-781-3750. House Swayze is a licensed California real estate broker. DRE number 01111911. This Low County Real Estate with House Swayze Podcast is a production of AGM Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.